It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Good morning. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name's Brian Black. We're speaking today with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? Good morning, Brian. Was it a good Thanksgiving weekend? It was a great weekend. I just had a wonderful time. Friends, family, <clears throat> lots of good food. Well, actually, I left town and went up to uh, Portland, Oregon to visit with uh, my daughter and her family and just had a wonderful time. Excellent. Good weather up there. Was it rainy? Is It uh... It was beautiful weather, chilly. It was okay. cold, but uh, blue skies and very good weather. Well, excellent. I'm glad you had a good time. We're going to be talking today about planning. That's what we talk about with Brian A. Lowe on Ask the Experts every Monday right here at 9 a.m. on KDWN. Today, we're going to be talking about special needs planning. Over the past several weeks, we've talked about uh, elder law. We've talked about uh, estate planning. We've talked about bankruptcy. We've talked about gun trusts. Uh, Today is a subject that um, is something that we may have touched on a little bit, but I think that people need to understand that if there's somebody in your family that requires uh, special attention, special medical uh, um, care, special uh, just it's special needs is really what it's called. If that person's in your family and you're doing your estate planning, you need to do certain things to make sure that that person is not only taken care of financially and medically, but also uh, you, you need to put a plan in place so that the burden of that care is not placed directly on them or on somebody who can't handle it. Is that correct? That is correct. And the term special needs or supplemental needs is something that is uh, used primarily in this area of, of medical care, where a person is receiving or can receive needs-based governmental benefits. But there are just about every trust that a person does has some special needs around it, Right. whether it's... Uh, uh, keeping a person eligible for needs-based governmental benefits or uh, you have a concern that they uh, may have a bad marriage and and if there's a breakup in the marriage they don't want half the assets going to a uh, you know an ex-spouse that's going in a different direction right uh, there can be uh, uh, tax problems um, you may have a beneficiary that's uh, subject to duress or undue influence and and as a result they can be influenced to give up their money so they need some kind of a trust that will maintain that estate for them and provide the benefit that you really want to provide well let's start off at the beginning what is the most common uh, uh, supplemental needs trust that you set up in your practice well i'm i'm going to uh, use, I mean, supplemental needs trust, we're talking any kind of trust that is doing something that you want done right. for some special need. Right, okay. But we that use of special needs or supplemental needs is something that we talk about when it comes to governmental benefits. Okay. So I may switch back and forth. Okay, uh, I understand, yes. <laughs> because every trust has some special need. Right, okay. And primarily the people who walk in and they say, I want to trust. Well, why do you want to trust? Well, I want to avoid probate. Well, there's a special need there. They right, want to avoid right, probate. Right. 
and the cost of, and of administering a probate, et cetera, et cetera, the privacy of having a trust and not having to go through probate. There are lots of reasons. Uh, so, But if you want to spend more time in the governmental area, right. then we can do that too. Okay, so we're talking more on the medical side then. If we're talking medical, you've got to understand that in the United States, we have uh, different kinds of of um, plans for for our citizens, and Medicare is one of those plans. If you if you get to the age that you are entitled to some kind of uh, Medicare, then you have already paid for it. Right. It is a plan that is set up that you've paid for it. It's now an entitlement because you have paid for it. It's, it's an insurance, a social wealth, uh, a social insurance program. But there are people who haven't paid for it, let's say. Let's say they're too young to have put in of 40 course. hours and they, and they have some uh, problem that they can't get work medical or physical or whatever. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the government has a program <clears throat> that will provide them uh, supplemental income, SSI. Right. And once a person becomes eligible for SSI, they also immediately become eligible for Medicaid. Now, Medicaid is a needs-based governmental program. You have the need. You don't have enough money, you have health problems, and you need this care. And so as long as you have that need and you don't have the capacity to obtain proper insurance, right. then Medicaid will pick it up. But the minute you inherit some money or run, come into some money, you are expected to repay the Medicaid system for all of the funds that they have put out in your behalf. Now, I wasn't aware of that. So if you've been collecting Medicare benefits for, for years, say, um, no, or Medicaid, no, Medicaid, excuse, Medicaid me, benefits, excuse me, Medicaid yes. benefits for, for years, and then someone leaves you their estate or a portion of their estate money or whatever in order to take care of you, you have to then pay the government back? Yes, they have the ability to step in and get reimbursed for all of the expenses that they have put out in in your behalf. Is there a limit on that or is it just nope. whatever you've you've taken out of the system, huh? That is correct. If now, you are indigent, you receive certain benefits, but if you get an inheritance or you just hit the jackpot, uh, they want they want to get back what they put in and if you have any funds after they get it back, then you may lose your eligibility because you no longer have the need right. for a needs-based governmental ben benefit. So it's it's theoretically possible that uh, uh, you know if you're you're in need of this sort of medical care um, and you've been receiving Medicaid, you could be someone could leave you money in order to take care of you, and all of that money could be almost instantly gone. If you inherit, and you could be back where you started from right then. That is correct. That's amazing to me. They can they can reach in and and. Uh, 
get repaid for that. So I, I, I'm guessing that there's something you can do about that that's that, that's legal and is the right thing to do that that is based around this supplemental needs trust. Is, am I correct? Yes, and a lot of people in their planning, they'll say, well, I've got this son or daughter or nephew or uh, my mother or whatever that has these special needs and they're getting governmental benefits. So in my planning, I don't want to give them anything. And since they're receiving nothing, they won't lose their plan. But on the other hand, now you're just writing them out of your estate plan. And yeah. that's not always the right thing to do. Well, when we come back on X, Ask the Experts, we'll talk about what is the right thing to do. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, please give us a call at 702-257-5396. We'll be back in just a moment. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720. KDWN. Welcome back to Ask the Experts. Brian Black here talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. And where we left off just a moment ago, we were talking about uh, taking care of someone in your family with special needs, special medical needs, especially somebody who might be either currently receiving or qualified for governmental benefits uh, to help with those needs. And and how someone might find themselves in, in a sort of a catch-22. Um, you're doing your estate planning, and you want to take care of one of your loved ones, but uh, if you leave them money, then that money may get paid right back into the Medicaid system, or it may make them not no longer qualified for the Medicaid that they've been receiving and that they need. So you, you may find yourself in a position of thinking, well, gosh, I can't even in, include them in my will, but that doesn't do them any good either. So you're, you're, like I say, you're caught in a catch-22, but apparently there's a way to, get to, to make this happen without endangering those benefits. You can plan around it. Matter of fact, uh, it, it is very complex because any violation of the, of the rules and those, the rules in this whole thing have been put together by Congress. Right. It's in the United States Code, and it's a partnership with states, and so the states are generally administering this, and some of the funds that uh, go towards giving people assistance come from the state coffers. And so you have to stay within what the law will allow, federal law, and each state may be a little different, so within the state law. So tell me a little bit more about uh, how you would get started in this sort of planning. What do you? I mean, what are we? What are we talking about doing? Setting up a trust for the person so that they so that they still qualify for the benefits. Is that the thrust of the idea? Yes. If you set up a trust for someone else, mm-hmm. that's what's known as a third party trust. You are setting it up for someone else, and in a third party trust, you can set it up in such a way that you limit what can be done with the with those funds inside the trust okay and that is all spelled out by by the law as to trust that would be exempt from those assets being uh, an includable asset for Medicaid purposes so okay. you just have to stay within the law you cannot provide anything that Medicaid would would provide and if you do provide any of that, then you could lose that benefit. Okay. And so there's specific things in the trust that you put in that says these, these are the things you cannot do with those funds. But on the other hand, there are other things that Medicaid does not provide for government governmental benefits. 
that are not provided. These you can can use. For instance, you can't give them money because if you give them money, they may no longer have a need and they could lose their benefit. Right. You may, uh, however, the um, uh, football season is coming to an end. We're going to be seeing uh, some great games coming up. Right. Your special needs son would like to have a 72 inch television right. to watch the games. Sure. Right. <laughs> well, you right, could right. Buy, with the, the funds in the trust, you could buy a TV for them that they could use. Right. You, and you can purchase things that they may have a special need for, but you cannot provide what Medicaid would provide. So what are the sort of things that Medicaid provides? Medicaid uh, can provide uh, uh, medical, dental, vision. Uh, they uh, also provide long-term care. Mm-hmm. And we mainly see most of the long-term care coming in when a person turns 65. So at age 65, all, many of the rules change. If you're under 65, this is the rule. If you're over 65, there's another rule. Oh, my goodness. So... It depends on when a person comes in, whether they're 65 or not, whether the beneficiary is 65 or not. And so you just have different rules and you stay within those rules. So there is actually a possibility where you need to make a plan that includes that transition to 65. Say, for instance, you have a, a brother who's receiving Medicaid. He's 62 years old and you're doing your estate planning. It's possible that you may have to have two separate plans for before 65 and after, after 65, correct? Well, in a third-party trust, we don't worry as much about, about uh, that age. But if a person is planning for their own benefit, for instance, if they are under the age of 65, mm-hmm. a guardian or a parent or the court can set up a trust for them and have that person's, uh, let's say, uh, insurance settlement. Instead of it coming to them and they'd lose their benefit, it can go into a special needs trust that they set up. That's a first-party trust. Right. But that first-party trust is no longer available once they turn 65, the planning for it. Once they turn 65, then there are other rules. For instance, you, uh, the amount of assets that you have, you have to be below a certain level, and like your house is exempt, and your one automobile is exempt, and there are just different rules, and you just work with them within the trust. But it is very complex. Most attorneys d- do not understand the laws that relate to this, but there are some attorneys here in town, uh, including our firm, that know quite a bit about this area. And so we do a lot of planning in this area to protect your assets from it having to go pay for something that you don't want to pay for. Right. It's going to really help that beneficiary. Now, is the line very solid there between medical and non-medical when we're talking about the things that you can provide for someone in this special needs uh, situation? Is it, you know, for instance, housing? When you talk about long-term care, does that include lodging? I mean, housing? Well, it, it can include housing because if you provide housing for someone mm-hmm. and they're under 65, then and let's say if they're under 65, they're on Medicaid because they're eligible, let's say, under SSI. Right. Now you provide housing for them. 
that is a benefit that they're receiving that they don't have to put money into. So for every dollar you put in or every couple of dollars you put into housing, it will knock them down on their SSI. And it could get to the point where you, they lose their SSI and then they lose their Medicaid assistance. That's very, tough. Very complicated. Absolutely. So no. you, you really need to p- plan this with, with an attorney that, uh, that knows this area of the law, and you can do a, a lot of things with it. You can provide a lot of benefit for uh, your, these beneficiaries that you would really like to assist. Interesting. If you have a question for Brian Lowe, give us a call right now at 702-257-5396. You can also look up his website at southernnevadalawyers.com. So, Brian, is there anything that you can tell me about um, situations that uh, that that might be a little bit more tricky where um, it's not just uh, like it's a complex subject and it sounds like I don't understand it at all at this point because, you know, there's there's different rules for what age you are, what situation you're in. Is there any situation where someone um, can live out of that indigent state but still qualify for the benefits? No, it's the Medicaid system. Each state uh, watches over this and, and they want to look at the financials periodically and in in some kind of a, an accounting to make sure that you're not violating any of the laws because if you do violate those laws, then you can lose, lose the plan and they can come back and, and uh, knock you off the plan or right. they can uh, take those assets that you've been hoarding in some way. And so uh, you just want to, if you get into the Medicaid planning, you got to do what the law says you need to do. Right. And you don't want to violate it because the risks are too great. Right. And it's the right thing to do. I mean, that's what we're talking about here is is putting together a plan not to get away with something, but to abide by the law. That is correct. And so, you know, that that's the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to give Brian A. Lowe a call at 702-259-0002. That is the, the office line. It's a free consultation. Am I correct? It is. The, um, the first thing that somebody does when they walk into your office and they're talking about this, do they need to bring uh, the person with them? Uh, that that is uh, is in you know receiving the benefits is do they need to be part of the process or is this something you can do for someone without their involvement? Either way, either way. A lot of times children will come in because their parents uh, do not have the ability to take care of themselves, and so they're looking for for long term care for them. And so there can be some planning that goes into preparing them to receive these long term benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, they may be immediately eligible, and so you help them in in getting the uh, the application in for that benefit. And so it's trying to take care of these uh, these loved ones, these beneficiaries that need assistance. Is there any advantage to visiting an attorney like yourself um, in order to to get, get qualified for Medicaid? Is that something that you do or is that or do you really just come in for the planning portion for um, like you say a trust? Well, it's all planning. Right. And sometimes that planning is to get them ready for Medicaid assistance is it but is it is it financially uh, is it is it reasonable to go visit an attorney and pay an attorney to get you qualified for Medicaid oh sure okay and there are different planning techniques and 
and it's all within the law, all right. within the U.S. statutes, and mm -hmm. so you you just need to stay within the statute, and you don't want to violate those laws. So uh, have you have you ever had a, a case where it wasn't so cut and dried? Is there is there ever been anything that you can think of where you, you had to do something really special to to make it happen? Yeah, there. There are a lot of times. I mean, everybody is special in some ways. Right. I had a, a, an individual come in one time, and he was inheriting a million dollars from his father. Oh, my goodness. And he had been on Medicaid for tw 25 years. And so the, they were paying all this money for many, many years right. for, this, uh, for this man. And if he inherited it, it would be gone. And he would be off of the plan for a period of time. So we had to go to a Florida court, have the Florida court take keep jurisdiction mm -hmm. over his father's estate, then modify his father's will, and then make a, um, a distribution to the modified trust that was in the modified will. So he couldn't have he couldn't have just downloaded a document off the web and done this himself, is what you're saying. No, he no. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to get caught in that. Oftentimes, people come in and they say, "Well, this is what we've done to prepare for Medicaid," and it's just the opposite thing. You, you, oh my goodness! You, you get into gifting, and there are some real problems if you try to give things away too soon. When we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about gifting and taking care of your loved ones using a supplemental needs trust with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Give us a call at 702-257-5396 if you have a question. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. A Grateful Dead there. You know, they were at, uh, at the, uh, where were they? MGM? I think it was last Friday. I missed it, okay. so I was out of town. Anyway, uh, we're, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Brian Black here talking to Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We're talking about special needs planning. And just a moment ago, you told an interesting story I'd like to talk a little bit more about, about a gentleman who had, um, had special medical needs, and he had been receiving Medicaid for 25 years, and then suddenly, kind of out of the blue, he was left or the intention was of his relative to leave him a million dollars. Um, and that intention, while well-intentioned, was the wrong thing for them to do because what would have happened in that case is that they would have been essentially just leaving, been leaving the Medicaid program a million dollars because that would have been paid back to them. What did you end up doing in that situation? You, you, had to, had to, you said you went to the state of Florida and had the will modified? We had it modified so that we could make it what's known as a third-party trust. Okay. Because with a third-party trust, what happens is you are giving something in trust for the benefit of someone else. That per the, the beneficiary isn't the one who's setting it up. Right. Because if they set it up for themselves, that's a first-party trust. Right. And there's a difference because on a first-party trust... You set that up. They can, in fact, if the, if the court sets it up or if the uh, guardian sets it up or the some third party, legal third party for them, can set it up. Then upon their demise, then Medicaid has the right to step into the trust and get repaid 
right up to the amount that Medicaid has given them any services. Okay, and so they, that has to be repaid first, and only after that can the, the next line of beneficiaries get right. anything. With a third-party trust, you set it up for the benefit of someone else, and you're saying, with my money. I am giving them the right to receive certain benefits for their lifetime, but when they die, then it's going to go to who I want it to go to. Right. And okay. So Medicaid doesn't have a right to step in and take it, and so on. In this case, we were trying to get a third-party trust established within the estate, so that it would could go to the next generation of beneficiaries. So you were representing the person trying to leave the money to the to the gentleman that had been receiving Medicaid, correct? No, no, I was I was representing the beneficiary that had been receiving Medicaid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the um so the the point the important point there is that he never actually inherited that money. That's and that's correct. and that's the legal point that we're talking about here. It went, it, the the trust inherited the money and the trust provides for certain benefits, like for instance, if he needs a, a car to drive to the doctor, um, that's not covered by Medicaid, but he needs a car, so the trust can buy him a car. The trust could buy him a car, and under the Medicaid laws, a person can have a car, one car, mm-hmm. and that's exempt from as an available asset. So okay. they can drive around in the car and everything is fine. But now it's it's theirs, and when they die, that car, if it goes through their probate estate, then Medicaid's going to make a claim against their estate for anything that was was they had at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it w- belonged to the, the trust, a third-party trust, then it just automatically goes to the next beneficiary. So it ends up just being this huge math problem, basically. So you you, yes. you, you just have to, and, and, and this is something that, that you need an attorney for because they know all of the, the variables in the math problem and they know that, okay, well, if you leave this person this amount of cash, uh, cash money and they are receiving Medicaid benefits, then therefore that money will be given to Medicaid because they've been receiving these benefits. If, if you put it over into this pool of money, which is not actually going directly to this person, then then it can provide for benefits that don't have to be subtracted. And and there's it just sounds like there's just so many different ways that this can go down that, that you really you just need somebody who knows the laws. You need planning. And if we're also talking about now, the, do the I mean, Medicaid's a federal program, correct? It is. And it, when you were talking about dealing with different states, though, uh, are there different requirements in every state? Yeah. I mean, they're, they basically have to abide by the federal law. Right. But there are some nuances within each state, and so each state can be a little different. Sometimes people will move from one state to another because it's, it's better for them. Okay. For instance, uh, uh, in this state, the state of Nevada, we're an income cap state. Once your income reach, reaches a certain level, then you're no longer eligible. Okay. And so they will try to deny you. However, under federal law, the federal law provides that if the, your, your income is in excess of what is needed, then you can put together a, a, a trust. It's called a Miller Trust, mm-hmm. where you put that money into your trust, and then you have to use all of the money that's flowing into that trust out for their, their medical benefit. Right. 
And if you do that, then our income cap rule in Nevada really doesn't apply. So uh, in general, would you say that if, if someone is doing their estate planning right now and they have someone in their life that is in need of certain special, uh, special needs, uh, Medicaid, they are receiving it or they're going to be receiving it is, it, is it always a good policy to come talk to you? It is. It's a free consultation. If you want to give them a call, it's uh, 702-259-0002. You can talk to somebody there at Brian A. Lowe and Associates and set up an appointment and, and, and talk to Brian. Yes. Call anytime. What would you say, um, is there is there some area where people just, they have a blind spot that they just don't realize that they can get help? Yes. Most people come in and they say, we've done all the planning. We've, we've made our parent indigent or our parent has some money. And oftentimes these are kids that are, would like to inherit it rather than it all going to be, right. as they say, wasted. Mm-hmm. They think our parents have paid their taxes all these these years we should get some of the benefit and we should get the uh, the inheritance right if it's planned right yes that you can plan it but if you make any mistakes then your parents are going to be penalized for doing that well, you know, and it's all it's all about playing within the rules it is. and you got if you're going to play within the rules you have to talk to somebody who knows the rules and so when you're looking at special needs or supplemental needs, you really need to have an attorney that can work with you in preparing the, the uh, your parent or whoever uh, to get those benefits. And But you just need to plan it correctly. So if you'd like to look up uh, Brian A. Lowe and Associates online, their, uh, their website's very easy to find. It's southernnevadalawyers.com. You can check out Brian and his history and, and everybody in the firm. And if you'd like to set up an appointment with them, give them a call at 702-259-0002. And if you have a question for Brian right now, now's the time to ask. Give us a call at 702-257-5396. We'll be back in just a moment right here on KDWN, 720 AM on Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. If you have a question for Brian about some special needs planning, give us a call at 702-257-5396. Now, when somebody wants to leave somebody something in their will, they are usually, 99% of the time, doing it because they want to do something good for that person. That's correct. And... And unfortunately, uh, we've talked about this before in, in many other areas of uh, estate planning, uh, they don't realize exactly what they're getting the other person into. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about here is, you know, if you know, if you leave somebody cash that is receiving governmental benefits for, you know, a serious medical condition, then you could disqualify them for that benefit. How many times have people walked into your office and 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 said, hey, we just need some help here. We've already done all this planning. Here's what we have. And it turned out to be the exact wrong thing. Probably 70% of the people that come in think that they've done it. Okay. And they just need to get a stamp of approval. You know, they want to rubber stamp it now. Right. And we uh, analyze what they've done. And oftentimes it's just the simplest things. For instance, they have a house. They're living in the house. And instead of keeping the house and applying immediately for some kind of Medicaid assistance, right. 
they will sell the house so they have enough money to uh, to take care of themselves. And all of a sudden, they're no longer eligible now for Medicaid because they have the, the proceeds of the sale of the house. So, And they could have kept the house. They could have kept the house, and it would be an exempt asset. Yes, Medicaid would, put, would have put a lien on it that uh, that lien would continue to they couldn't foreclose on that lien right as long as uh, the spouse lived uh, uh, survived them or a minor chill a child or a dependent child lived with them mm-hmm. medicaid couldn't get to it right and instead they will sell the house and so they got money now they have to spend down all of that money now they don't have a house they don't have a place for their spouse to live or whatever and and they have to spend it all down before they're eligible for Medicaid. So th- this becomes a problem. Also, when it look you look at the house, sometimes they'll say, well, what, we just want to get rid of the house, so we're going to gift it to our child. Right. Well, they gift it to their child, and they no longer own it, but... It's now a gift and comes under the five-year look-back rule. The right. five-year look-back rule is if you've made any gifts within five years of the time that you need uh, need Medicaid, right. they will look back for five years and any gifts that were made for that five-year period pr- prior to making application, they add that up and they divide that by a state factor and each state's factor is a little different, but they divide that and that will determine how many months they are penalized for gifting the house away. And so they now don't have a house. Now they don't have And a house. they're not qualified for Medicaid, and so they're just screwed, basically. Yes, and also the if you're looking at the tax uh, basis behind this, if, they, if the child sells the house before they die, right. and now their basis in the house is the basis of the giver of the gift mm-hmm. as we talked about in prior sessions so now they have a capital gain on on all of that this is uh, terrible it is it, <laughs> they just need to plan a little bit and so that's the, that's uh, interesting to me I, I i'm kind of surprised that people are coming into your office having already uh, they think done the whole process when when what they could do is come see you first for and it costs nothing to talk to you about it and find out what it is that they do need to do that is correct that we we have a couple of million people that live in in southern nevada Mm -hmm. and uh, there are probably 90 percent of those two million people are probably practicing law in some way. Right. And so as you're getting older and you're thinking about, you know, what am I going to do? Your next door neighbor, your friend or person in the assisted living or whatever will start telling you what the law is and what you need to do. And when they don't completely understand it themselves. So (laughs) at, at the cost of getting some good counsel, you should come in and, and get some good counsel rather than listening to a person who really doesn't know the law and can really get you into into some real problems. Well, I found myself in a similar situation not too long ago where I had a friend who was looking to uh, put a relative into uh, memory care who needed to be in memory care and didn't know what to do. And so I found myself giving some some 
half-cocked advice because I had overheard from my parents what they did for my grandparents, and it was just a bad conversation. I didn't know what I was talking but, about. Yeah, and, and you're trying to do your best. You're yeah. trying to give this person some help and assistance, but... But I the, shouldn't the be receive, doing that. The receiver of that council <laughs> needs to know where that council's coming from. Right. Well, you know, and like I said, it's a free consultation. I can't stress this enough. Enough. If you if you'd like to talk to Brian A. Lowe and Associates, these are good people. Give them a call at 702-259-0002. You can come in. You can start your estate planning with no cost to you on that first initial consultation, and they'll tell you what you need to do. They're not they're not going to tell you what you don't need to do. They're going to tell you, or they are going to tell you what you don't need to do. They're not going to give you bad advice. They're going to give you the best advice that they can possibly give. Yeah, and after that consultation. The free consultation, mm-hmm. we generally kind of outline what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, is how much is it going to cost me? Right. Well, at that time, we can tell them what it will cost them. There's no obligation until they say, that is good, that we want you to move ahead on this and do it. Then the clock starts. Well, and also, as everybody knows, whether it's car repairs or house repairs or any situation where things can go wrong, it costs a lot less to plan something from the beginning than it does to fix something after it's already broken. That is so true, especially in this area. Oh, absolutely. So is, can you think of any more instances where where somebody has come to you and just completely just 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 done the wrong thing? Well, there was one... This was a case where they did it wrong. The daughter moved in with the mother. Mm -hmm. The mother needed assistance. Okay. After a year, actually it was about 15 months, the mother decided, you know, I can't have assets. It's needs-based. I can't have these assets. I'm going to give the house to daughter. Okay. So she gives it to daughter. And they lived together for a little while longer. Okay. There's an exe- an exemption on the five-year look-back period when you're giving a gift to a child who has moved into your house. Right. To give the assistance that Medicaid would have had to have given. Right. But for them being in the house giving that assistance. Mm-hmm. So all this person would have had to do... And we said, no, don't give it. Do not give it now. Okay. You're going to continue to live with your mother. Wait until the full two years have passed. Right. And then come under the exemption and give the house away then. And now it's exempt. So there's no look back on that gift. And what would have happened if she had gone through with gifting the house to her daughter? She would have lost her benefits? Yes, be, she would have been penalized for the value of the house divided by the factor. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, uh, give Brian Alo and Associates a call. If, you, if you're thinking about uh, taking care of someone in any situation, you're talking about your estate planning. These are the best people to call because, in my opinion, they're the best people to call. Uh, they've been in business for how long have you been here in town? 33 years. 33 years. There's not a lot of people that understand all of these rules. You need expert advice. Give them a call, 702-259-0002. Look them up online at southernnevadalawyers.com. Thank you for being with us, Brian. Thank you, Brian. It's been a pleasure. We'll be back next week on Ask the Experts right here on 720 AM KDWN.